Strongsville Christian Church, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He hath anointed me to preach good news to the poor. Um, there was a MS he has sent me to heal the brokenhearted and to preach deliverance. To the Let no man deceive you by any means, for the day shall not come, except there come a falling away first. Alright, praise the Lord everyone. This is Pastor Joseph of Strongsville Christian Church. We have our random podcast. Today's topic is newlyweds, and our topic is going to be uh, having to do with newlyweds, newly married couples in 2021, and uh, seeing what everyone has to say about that from a biblical perspective. I have my wife, Sister Rhonda. Hello, everyone. I'm s- Hello, I'm Sister Reba. And I am Deacon Frederick. Amen. So we got uh, two married couples here. You guys have been married for how long? For about two years, going on two years on the 31st. Two years. So you guys are really newlyweds then. Yes, yes. <laughs> and Sister Rana, how long have we been married? Seven years, and uh, we are on our going eight years. Eight seven, years. Yeah, seven years. So if we combine all of our years of marriage, we have a whopping... <laughs> Ten. Nine, nine years nine. of uh, marriage, <laughs> nine and a half years of marriage of experience. But, um, but you know, even being married seven years, we can reflect back to what it was like when we first got married and some of the expectations. So we're going to uh, get into the word and uh, we bless everyone. We thank you guys for listening. Um, the first point that I want to make is um, I want to talk about the, the culture, how culture has changed. If you look at some of the old TV shows from like... Um, the Dick Van Dyke show, I Love Lucy, um, just some of the older shows from the 80s, 70s, and 60s, you could really see that the husband was a prestigious figure. He was a man of respect. He was looked up upon. And marriage was really highly valued back then. And now marriage is um, its not considered to be holy by the culture anymore. It's considered optional. Um, they have uh, all different, different types of uh, terms where they just call people shacking up or um, living together without being married and um, but the Bible calls that fornication. So we're going to kind of get into what it's like to be a newlywed in uh, today's time, some of the challenges, some of the, um, and then also some of the benefits. I think sometimes we can look at all the negative things and we can overlook some of the benefits of being a marriage. Even in 2021, there's still um, benefits of being married. So the first thing I want to read for you guys is Deuteronomy chapter 24, verses 5. Uh, and I think this is kind of like obscure Bible verse that doesn't get a whole lot of uh, conversation. Um, it says in Deuteronomy 24, 5, it says, When a man take, taketh uh, a new wife, so that would be a newlywed. When a man taketh a new wife, he shall go out, he shall not go out to war, neither shall he be charged with any business, but he shall be free at home one year and cheer up his wife which he has taken so i think that's a really interesting scripture uh the bible is saying that if you are newly wed and you take on a new wife that you shouldn't go out to war um and i think the value of that is um because 
when you first get married and you're a newlywed, I think you're really vulnerable. You're both men and women, both very insecure. And the marriage is very tender. It's very brittle. It's almost, the, the marriage is almost like a brand new baby. Um, and the Bible says that the man should stay home and cheer up his wife. Um, so I think that it's showing that anything that we do as a newlywed couple, it's very brittle. It's, uh, it's, it's vulnerable. And I think the devil wants to exploit that, that marriage. He hates marriage. He wants to destroy it. Yeah, I definitely agree with that because um, the way I see it, it's like it takes time to build trust. And um, it's different when you're dating someone and you're not living with them because um, you, you don't really know them as well as you would when you start living together. And um, certain things wouldn't bother them. If you're at home and your uh, girlfriend is at home, you can get up and go and do something. And it won't really matter too much. You don't have to text your girlfriend like, hey, I'm about to go do this. But then when you become uh, newly wedded together, that all changes. So it's like if you're leaving uh, somewhere, you want to let your wife know because you're living in the same house. And especially when you're uh, newly wedded and you try to do that, it could cause problems because like you were saying about them, uh, about the insecurities and stuff like that. When you're newly married, you don't, uh, <laughs> it's, it's, hard, it's, it's easier to misinterpret things. Because you haven't yet learned each other as deep as you would know each other as time passes. So I think like as time passes, you learn to trust each other more. And then that way, you know, like when I'm going somewhere, I want to let my wife know or vice versa. Sister Rebo, when you've been married two years now to Deacon Frederick. And when you first got married, did you feel like you like this Bible verse right here that a man should stay home and cheer you up for a year? Yeah, definitely, yeah, because, like, even now when he just goes somewhere, it kind of makes me, like, oh, why are you leaving me? Let me come with you. <laughs> right. Um, so you think there's some truth in that, that the, the Lord knew that when you first got married that there's going to be some insecurities and some uncertainties that needs to be uh, worked on and built up? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Sister Rhonda, would you like to contribute to anything that you've been hearing? I think you're right uh, with that Bible verse that it says uh, that they shouldn't be going to war or something. At least give them a year knowing each other or at least helping to build up their lives. And so sometimes also to avoid, as you've said, sometimes if, especially for newlywed, to avoid insecurity or uh, at least for the husband to show, most especially for the wife, to show their affection or to show, to secure, give some type of security to the wife as well too. Yeah, and also I was just thinking as my wife was sharing what she was sharing, I think also if we take this in a biblical context, um, some of the marriages back then, they were arranged marriage. Mm -hmm. So you're not only you're cheering your wife up you're getting to know who she is i mean you don't know her favorite food you don't know <laughs> anything about you you don't know anything about each other and so um but it also shows too i mean also it shows that god is really prioritizing the value of marriage right um yes. because if he wasn't prioritizing he would say oh leave your wife at home go fight the war that's more important to, and so and look at this so 
if you think about it, the Bible is honoring and valuing marriage more important than being a patriot. You know, some people are, they pride themselves right now on being a, a patriotic and supporting their country. And um, here's the thing, every country is built up on micro levels. And the micro level of the support of a country is on the marriage, the marriage of the foundation. If all the marriages falls apart, then the whole country falls apart. And so if all the marriages fall apart and the country falls apart, then that country is, um, by definition, actually a weak country. You have uh, women that are emotional, men that are emotional. Uh, you think of what happens when there's separation or divorce. There's um, a, div a dividing of emotions, a dividing of thoughts, a dividing of resources. It literally um, weakens the country. And so God really wants us to uh, strengthen um, on a micro scale, the marriage on, uh, throughout the country, every single marriage to God is really important. And if you can strengthen the marriage, you're strengthening, in essence, the country. It's true. Um, also, too, in the Bible, it, it was talking about when they were defending the wall, when the soldiers were on the wall, everyone that was in the home, they were on that wall. And it said men, women, children, they were all... Uh, on guard they were all warriors they were on watch they were all defending and I think um, that happens in marriages if you get the two together and they become stronger and they embrace what God wants to be embraced yeah I think there's a verse with that says like uh, when two get together and three should be I think uh, the most important thing really for any marriages especially when we are speaking about like us for us as christian is we should make sure that we have the lord in every marriage yeah, yeah that's most important thing because even when we are it's just like i think that's make a lot big difference having the lord in our relationship and uh, and also it's even says here, uh, I just wanted to read this up. Can I say that one, the Bible verse? Sure. I think uh, we have it here on uh, Matthew seven twenty four. Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will, I will liken him unto a wise man, which built his house upon a rock. So, it also says that we have to um, build build our house with the teaching or with the word of God and what are the things that uh, was mentioned in the Bible we'll ask, as like pastor was uh, mentioning one what did you mention the first about staying home and sharing up the wife yes although I don't know if it, as a is it also applicable now until 2021 oh sure yeah I mean yeah. that was an example of going to war but yeah. um, God's word uh the principle that we need to strengthen that which is important still remains. Yeah, and maybe not everyone's going to war. I'm, and probably yeah. there is some countries where they're in war right now. In fact, I know there is. There's countries that are in war right now. So this Bible would literally still apply. But even 2021, we still need to apply um, the Word of God. Absolutely. That's true. Yeah, I look at it more as like leisure stuff that you would normally do. It's like going to the gym, going uh, just somewhere with your friends or anything that you do when you uh get married especially in a new marriage you can't just be <laughs> just leaving all the time going this place going that place 
because your your wife is going to wonder or even vice versa if my wife was doing that and we just got married i'll be questioning it too like you know where is she going why is she always leaving so I, I definitely think it's applicable even if you're not going to war there's other things that you do that you just do your regular activity but now that you're a unit everything changes so the scripture i had was um in titus chapter two and let's see it was verse seven or verse six rather and seven and eight so in titus chapter two six seven and eight it says young men likewise exhort to be sober-minded and all things showing thyself a pattern of good works and doctrine showing uncorruption or uncorruptness gravity sincerity sound speech that cannot be condemned that he that is of the contrary part may be ashamed having no evil thing to say of you and the reason i really read that scripture is because um i think one of the hugest benefits of a marriage especially in a christian walk with god is when you get married everything changes as far as even how serious you take your walk with God because now it's not just you walking with God it's you and your wife and then your wife is submitting to you as you're submitting to God so you have to make sure that you're really lead, leading by example and that's what was that was the biggest uh, challenge for me and the biggest uh, the biggest blessing for me is being married because it, it made me just come to a a whole new realization made me look in the mirror a lot more because I knew, especially with my wife converting uh, from being a Muslim, it was like I have to really lead by example because what would be the purpose of her converting if I'm just going to live um, unrighteously and then lead her to live unrighteously right with me. So that's the uh, main important thing about being a man, especially being a man and you're married, you have to really lead by example with your wife. Because if you, you can tell her what's right and or tell her, you know, what's wrong. But if you're not leading by example, then it's hard to listen to a person like that. So that's good. That's true. Um, so let me let me ask you a question. Like today, or not today, uh, I think it was yesterday at work, I had this conversation with a newlywed lady. And um, she was telling me how her, her parents were divorced multiple times and and she's just got into this new marriage and she said well she's like I don't really think marriage is that big of a deal it's just a piece of paper and um, you know it's not really the marriage and the paper and the ceremony is not really that important and uh, it's about how the people get together what would you have to say about that um I mean I would say the the documentation of the marriage and have you ever heard that before people saying I've, that I've, no, not really. I haven't really heard it in conversation, but I've I've thought I've pondered that in my mind a lot of times. Like I would just think about it. Like the most important part of the marriage is the actual marriage, not really the piece of paper that's saying you're married. But you need you still need that documentation right. to be married legally. Right. So I mean, because some people try to use that um, as an excuse, you know, for sin or for shacking up together. Yeah. Or yeah. fornicating. And it'll be like, well, it's not the piece of paper. <laughs> you know, it's the mindset and the unity. And they would use that to try to, you know, to try to be evil. But you need that. That's the way it goes. That's the way it was set. So you can't just uh, ignore it. If it wasn't important, then God wouldn't have let it be so. I agree with what he's saying. Like, 
I think the mindset of people is kind of like changing now. Mm-hmm. Um, like even all on social media, people post like, you know, they just want somebody to live with and be with, but they don't really want to marry them. And then you see some people, they're like with somebody for like 10 years, 11 years, and they still don't like either propose to them or even marry them or anything. Um, they just like like the idea of having the person with them, but they don't want to like make it official or nothing. You don't want commitment? Yeah. So uh, here's the thing. I mean, um, some people, I think they look at marriage from like a psychological perspective or a um, natural perspective. But marriage is actually a spiritual aspect of life, especially in our walk with God. It's spiritual, Mm -hmm. Um, especially when you talk about sin and living righteous. Those are spiritual things. So, like what Sister Reba said, that people are just, you know, they all talk about living together and not being married. Well, what's happening is they're opening a spiritual door for the devil to curse that relationship. To curse everything that they're doing. And so people think, like I think right now, um, some of the reasons why, um, even now in 2021, the reason why people don't want to get married is because they don't want to lose their government assistance or they they just don't care about what the Bible says, but but when they do those things, um, they go under a curse. They're in fornication and they're they're committing adultery or fornication, and they literally go under a curse. And there's a covering from God, like the Bible says, the bed is undefiled. There's a covering from God um, when you get married, and I think um, I mean you guys can testify better than me. What what have you noticed in your life? Um, before you guys, when you guys were both single, um, and you guys before you guys were married, this is your first marriage. I had the blessings to marry Deacon Frederick and Sister Reba. Um, I did their marriage ceremony, and they've been part of our church. But that's a whole other topic in itself about being in a church when you're married. But what do you guys? What do you, what what can you say, uh, Sister Reba, about your life before you're married and now? Like spiritually, what can you see a, a transition? I guess I'll use that word. Do you see a spiritual transition? Well, yes, definitely a transition. Cause like obviously when I was single, I was still like a Muslim, so that's a whole different like type of spirit and everything. Um, it just felt more like after I got married, it felt more like free and kind of like. Yeah, I could like. Wait here. Let me pause you. So you said after you got married, you felt free. Yeah. Well, yeah. Okay. So see, I think that's that's something. There's something to that because I think there's a lot of people they feel like oh, they're bondage. not going to get married because they're going to be in bondage, <laughs> bondage yeah. and they're going to be oh I don't want to get married. It's the ball. and the way they say it's a ball and chain. Mm-hmm. Oh, the old yeah. ball and chain. Did you feel ball and chain when you got married? No, definitely not. I felt more of a ball and chain like before being married. Um, like, like I was saying, it was making me feel free because, um, like, isn't it's like a scripture when two people become one or something like that? Mm-hmm. Um, it definitely does feel like that because it's like what I lack, he has, and what he lacks, I have, and we kind of like help each other, bring each other up, and stuff. Yeah, you complement each other. Yeah, well, yeah. what you're saying, there's a scripture like that. Yeah, there's a, a, a few things. One of them says that when two come together, they have a greater reward, which is true. So even, if, okay, let me ask you a question. Financially, how are you doing financially before you were married as opposed to now? Way better. Yeah, it's, <laughs> I always, that's one of the things I always looked at a lot is, 
paying bills. And then I would always think to myself, man, if I wasn't married, I would be paying all these bills by myself. <laughs> you know, but when you get married, now you got two sources of income. And um, it's so crucial because when you have a, a actual spiritual marriage or a, a biblical marriage or a Christian marriage and you're not carnally minded, it's so much easier uh, to pay for things because you don't think of it like my money and then her money. A lot of people in the world is like that. They're stingy towards each other. But with us in our marriage, we don't even see it like that ever. Even from day one since we first got married or even when we was just dating before we even got married, we already was looking at our finances as one, uh, just one source of income. So it's like, you know, and it's sometimes even I would just pay the bills with my part of the income and then keep the money in her account for other expenses but it was never like arguments over money or division over money it was always together do you mind sharing do you guys mind sharing with the podcast listeners how old you guys are i'm 22 i'm 21 so 22 and 21 so in your age so not only you guys are newlyweds you guys are younger uh, the younger generation um being part of the younger generation do you do you feel like you guys went under attack by your younger peers? I don't want to say younger peers, but your peers. Oh, yeah. Do you feel like you went under attack by people saying, oh, you're too young to get married? Oh, yeah. yeah. What is, can you share some of that? Oh, so I got that a lot, like, especially from my friends. Like, oh, are you sure you want to be with just one person your whole life? Like, you're still, I think when we were, like, getting together, I was, like, um, 18 or 19 and they're like you just graduated you have all this like potential to go to school meet other people and you have like a whole life ahead of you and stuff and I was just like no like this is like what I want to do and I just kind of like you have to ignore them um, and like a lot of people talk down about it they're like like you know you're just so young and well no listening to everything that they were saying in a way that's true Every everything that they said is true but is there something that overrides that truth of what they said? Like, my, my point is this, is that it could still be God's will, and what they're saying is right, but that doesn't mean that that's God's will for you. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Right, right, yeah. So if God has a will for you guys to get married, and now here's the thing. If you didn't get married, and that was God's will for you to get married, and you didn't, and you did everything that they wanted you to do, and you met every check... You went through the checklist of everything that you, you, they said you should do before you get right, uh, married. Almost like they're saying you have to have the perfect time. You have to be graduated from college. You have to have a good job. You have to have a house. And then after you do all those stuff, um, then you get married. But here's the thing. Are they going to have the, the same people that said that? Are they going to have a problem with you fornicating at that age? No. No. <laughs> no. Yeah. Like they glorify fornicating. Like they yeah, just, just show it off. Like who fornicates the most? Mm-hmm. It's just really sad. <laughs> yeah. They want to appreciate for you. Is this a good thing too? Because even if you married early, but then you started it right, mm-hmm. you have to be married before. Yeah, I think that's what people again. really ignore. They didn't think about God's will. Or anything like that. All they think about is is just from a worldly aspect. Like you guys are young. And they would say we're too young. But I knew that God um, led me to marry my wife. So it's not like I just uh, married her because I just wanted to marry her. But I met her, married her being led by God. So that's what I would always tell people that would tell me that. Well, I'd be like, well, it was God's will. So 
if you got a problem, take it up with him. And, and you guys are 20, 22, and 21, right? Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. But when you got married, you were how old? She was 19, 19. and I was 20. So even at the age of 19 and 20, you guys got married. You guys are happily married, successfully married, and still young. So what kind of, because the other thing too, that we're going to have some people listening, we might have millions of viewers, but even if we just have a few, there's going to be younger people that are listening, that are single, have never been married before. What kind of advice as a young Christian, newlywed couple, what kind of advice could you give them? You definitely can't like not share any like of your problems with anybody else because people's like opinions can affect the way you think like the scripture i have in first corinthians fifteen thirty three, the be not deceived evil communications corrupt good manners which like if i sometimes before in the beginning i share like if we were fighting or something i'll go text my friends like oh you wouldn't believe what he did and then they'll like weigh in on it but they'll like kind of make me see it from like a worldly way like I'll just get over it. Like, yeah, he just did that, and I'll casually just tell them. And they're like, what? You let him do that and this and that? And I'm just like, there's nothing wrong with that. And then after we have, like, a conversation, and they're, like, telling me, like, why is he doing that? He shouldn't even be doing that. Then I'll start thinking, like, oh, yeah, why did he do that? And then we have another <laughs> argument. So definitely I feel like you shouldn't, like, tell people to, like, talk. <laughs> can, can I pause you just for a second? So, so you were saying that you shared one problem with with what was going on and then from doing that and then their advice that they gave you it caused another problem yeah that wasn't there right. yeah so it's almost like what they say when you go into a psychologist you walk in with one problem you walk out with seven more right. so you really have to watch your your advice is you have to really watch who you share, share with things to yeah wow that was powerful yeah that's true because it's like even uh with me and Pastor B. When we are firstly married, of course, it's like, especially we have two different peoples. The good thing is like when you are Christian, there was always like common denominator. You have the you have the Lord, but there are things that you couldn't avoid. There will be a, because you are two, uh, you are created. We are all created the two individuals, but there's like uh, things that would come there will be differences and then sometimes you wanted to voice out but i think one thing that i really praise uh thank god because i never have really so much friends surrounding me so i don't have anyone to, <laughs> it was like i don't have anyone to tell them and when we were married when we were married they were already in my family back home they were already like skeptical it's like coming for oh, me yeah. just to come <laughs> over here and then if i'll be messaging them that there's like a differences that we are going through of course they will say that's why we told you so yeah. or we told you so so you don't, so you don't share it but that's a, that's for me it's like it's a good thing because now that i'm looking back or thinking thinking about it it's, it's nothing really sometimes there are things that <laughs> probably during that time it's like a big thing yeah but no, it's not really a big thing. So sometimes the Lord puts you in a position. For me, I'm so thankful He put me in a position. I don't know anybody, so I don't, I don't just share things or something like that because I, I probably believe that it would not help us anyway. So mm -hmm. you could just trust the Lord and uh, you could just uh, pray each other or uh, ask the Lord to help you with your marriage going on. But that's a good. Uh, 
thing what you've shared sister Ariba about like sometimes it's like when you share the more problem <laughs> it was just one problem shared yeah and, and that's true yeah the, the sister Ariba really had a powerful point but the thing is too is that um yeah and, and you know not even just for newlyweds I know that's our topic newlyweds but just in general when you're a Christian and you're having problems you you don't want to reach out to the world because yeah. the devil's going to take that and run with it. He, he devil's waiting for you to open up your mouth <laughs> and yeah. say, so he can, cause the Bible says you're ensnared with your, the words that come out of your mouth. Mm-hmm. So he's just, you know, waiting, yeah. you know, and then, then here's the thing, um, sister, but it's kind of personal, so you don't have to answer, but the, some of the people that you, uh, were sharing, um, the problems with, were they married? No. So, and then that's the thing too. So, if you're sharing things to unmarried people, they, unfortunately, people get jealous, and sometimes people could be jealous just the fact that you're married, mm-hmm. and even though they might say that they don't want to get married, you never know what's going on in someone's heart, especially if they're not a Christian. They could really uh, be jealous of uh, your marriage, and or maybe are they single? Yeah. And that's the thing too. If they're single, maybe they're insecure that you know what I mean. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think my advice to to the um, to, I guess to younger men that's getting married would be to really really seek God as much as possible because if you if you don't just say how people the reason why a lot of people say like what she was saying you really going to be married or you're going to stick with one person for the rest of your life and won't that be boring and blah 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 and it would be if you're carnally minded and if you're demon possessed and you don't have the Holy Spirit and you're not going to church, then at some point you're going to get sick and tired of seeing the per- same person every day and kissing the same person every day and uh, going to sleep with the same person every day. But when you're spiritual and you've been seeking God, God preserves the marriage. And I think that's the mistake people make. They think they can preserve their marriage, but they don't. I don't think anyone has the power to keep their marriage. It's God that keeps us, not we ourselves. That's a real good point. So that's what um, that's what um, blessed me a lot is seeking God because I, I've never got tired of her in any type of way, and we've we've been through a lot of different things. So, so yeah, so that's powerful what you said too. So here's the thing though. If you do everything that they're saying about not just staying with one person, if you're not born again and you're not filled with the Holy Spirit, even if you go and sleep with everyone that you want to, you're still going to be bored. Yeah, right. <laughs> you're still going to be bored. Yeah. Because why? Because the flesh is never satisfied. You can feed the flesh like all you want, like a fat kid in the candy store, and it's still not going to be satisfied. Okay, real quick, before we go into Sister Rhonda's, um, she's going to share. Before we go into that, um, this is uh, for Sister Reba and Deacon Frederick. Um, do, as a newlywed couple and as a young, uh, young generation, youngsters, young whippersnappers, <laughs> um, do you, okay, in your opinion, how do you feel having a home church and having a pastor just in general, not making it personal towards me, but just in general, how do you feel having a church to go to has affected your marriage? It definitely affected it for the better. Like sometimes, even like how when you say, like the same thing happens with us when we come to the church arguing with each other, mad at each other, we'll leave like forgetting that we were even mad. Like we feel peaceful and it just like helps us better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've, I've, we've done it a lot where we will be 
arguing because it, it seems like too that when you about to go to church that's when the devil really attacks the most and we'll get into, now when you when you say attacks the most do you mean personally or in the marriage in the marriage and it seems like it seems like it just seems like he just does and then he'll, it's like he's trying to throw you off before you get in the church and that's and that's like a blessing because once you get to church it takes your mind off of all of that and it and it kind of re reroutes your mind and you come back to sober thinking um, and you and you think like well this is my wife I love her you know there's no reason for me to be holding a grudge or still uh, mad at her do you guys think that the there's spirits that try to get on you guys and your marriage the, oh, yeah, yeah. to try to attack each other yeah. And then when you come to church, maybe those spirits get off of you. Exactly. Yeah. Do you feel that? Oh yeah. Church is really important if you're, especially if you're married, because the devil attacks you all week anyway, and you have evil communication all week uh, through your job and different places you go. But when you're married, it's like a whole new attack because the devil is not just trying to uh, separate you from God, but he's trying to separate the marriage as well. He's trying to divide the marriage up. So if you're not going to church, then you're just giving the devil so much time, just so much time to try to destroy your marriage. And, and when you go to church, he don't, he don't have that opportunity. Amen. Yeah, praise God. That's true. So it's like with the discussion that uh, Sister Reba was saying, I think that's the verse that she was also mentioning, that two are better than one because they have a good reward of, for their labor for if they fall one will lift up his companion which is a really good thing because i think even in every marriage not there will always be someone there will always be someone in that marriage that would humble himself or say sorry or i don't think that especially for us christian because that's the thing being a christian we are being convicted by the holy spirit when we are doing something wrong right. which is really we uh, we thank the Lord that we still could, uh, and that we could be able to humble ourselves and say uh, sorry. Although it's a little bit hard for me to always like say <laughs> say sorry, <laughs> say sorry. But I've been trying. I've tried maybe a few times already. <laughs> okay, let's be honest. In the, in the in the state of being honest, gentlemen who are men and women who are watching this, listening to this podcast. I, I love my wife. She might have said she's sorry. Now, she always apologizes, but I'm talking about the initiator, the one to initiate the first apology. Like, to, you know what I mean? There's a little uh, tension, and the first person to initiate that apology, she might have did that maybe once <laughs> or twice in seven years. Maybe. So, okay, which is fine, though. Here's the thing. If you're married... Um, you know, you're a husband. You're called to be the head of the household and the authority anyway. So yeah. you got to uh, man yeah. up and uh, sometimes uh, be the one to break out the olive tree, you know, or olive branch. Yeah. <laughs> if, you gotta, if you could carry an olive tree, but <laughs> the olive branch, whatever it takes. Yeah, because it says that you have to lead verbally. Yeah. So <laughs> when you say, as for verbally. me and my house, we will serve the Lord. What's that? Uh, other verse I, ha I have a Bible verse over here it says in Ephesians 5.21 um, speaking about marriages so it says here in Ephesians 5.21 submit to one another out of reverence for Christ so we are not only 
we are sub as husband and wife we need to submit to one another submitting to one another in the fear it's like in, in our fear of the lord as well and uh, it says wife submit yourself to your own husband as you do to the lord for the husband is the head of the wife as christ is the head of the church his body of which he is the savior now as the church submit to christ as also wives should submit to their husband in everything probably um for me it was, <laughs> i don't know but it was, it was always like hard for me to submit <laughs> maybe it's like it's it's a spiritual thing or something like that but i have uh, i have to learn because now now that when pastor gave me this word i'm when he was telling about this this discussion or anything that's why i've said i i was thinking it's maybe for myself as well too because when i was reading this one ephesians 5 submit to one another out of reverence for christ so it's like you respect the lord it's like the same thing we are doing this because we have a we have a high regard of what the lord or what jesus christ did for us right. so it's like we are and then it's just like it's something that i know i have a difficult at times to submit to my husband i feel like <laughs> i feel like uh, i was being boss at work at church and at in the house but which is not really which is not really true because when he does he does great with his role being the husband and he does his great role being the my pastor and he also does his role being my uh, like direct supervisor or uh, someone that I look up at work who helps me so much uh, so it helps me when I'm reading this one to really understand to really understand how to submit and then when I've read this uh, verse that submit to one another out of reverence for Christ and then I have to I really have to to know also how to honor him to respect him being uh being the head of the household because that's what jesus did for us as like saying what jesus did for us as well so i think it's a a good word <laughs> for me <laughs> i don't know or maybe for you too who is listening maybe you are as hard-headed as me <laughs> <laughs> definitely agree with what she was saying that was one of the hardest things for me when we first got married even now sometimes it um it, i like you know get out of place if that's how you want to word it but he like reminds me like oh you don't forget you're supposed to submit or he'll remind me and i'll be like oh yeah oh yeah and then you know i humble humble myself and be like i'm sorry and, and um that was definitely one of the hardest things for me because I like grew up just doing everything by myself and then now when you marry like get married and the husband's supposed to be the head of the household you're supposed to like submit to them and that was something I didn't know how to do and I really had to learn and let the Lord show me how Amen. yeah I think the biggest part the biggest reason why it's harder why it's uh, not harder but why it's kind of difficult for women to submit uh, to their husbands when they're married is because if you think about it from like a carnal aspect it's not it's kind of like not fair you know because <laughs> it's not like god is saying husbands submit to your wives they tell us to love our wives but it's saying wives submit to your own husbands and if you're submitting to someone 
it doesn't necessarily mean that they're always right in every way and everything they say and do is right. It just means you're submitting to them. So that's the hard thing because you can think in your carnal mind like, this is not fair. I got to submit to everything. What if his opinion is not right? Well, and I'm still submitting to it. But the way I see it is, is us being men. It says they submit to us, but we submit to God. And um, everything God does is fair and righteous. But we don't understand everything about God. We don't know everything. So sometimes God does things in our life or he allows things to happen in our life. We don't understand it. And if we think with our carnal mind, we can think, man, this is not fair. Why do I got to go through this while this sinner is, is not going through this or this person is going through that or whatever the case may be? And we got to submit to the ordinance of God, even though sometimes in our life it can seem um, unfair or just not convenient or not fun yeah you know while you were just speaking what i was i was listening to you but i was also hearing from god at the same time that i'm listening to you and one of the things i just heard is that when we submit i think the reason why um women in particular have a tough time submitting it's because of their focus um, so the natural reaction is when you when something's not going your way is to buck, to rebel, to fight, to resist. Um, and usually um, a woman's doing that or a wife, a wife is doing that because they have a certain perspective of what they feel is right or certain things should go a certain way that they want. Um, and so that so then there's the resistance of wanting to submit because they feel something it should be a certain way and when it's not, there's the resisting. But from God's perspective, God is looking at not that one particular insta instance. He's looking at the overall big picture. Mm -hmm. So a lot of times I think um, people, and this goes for men too, when they're submitting to God. Because mm -hmm. um, the Bible says men submit to, to the Lord and then women submit to uh, the husband or wives submit to the husband. But here's the thing though, is that God is looking at the overall big picture. He's looking at the whole marriage altogether. And in order to keep the sanctity of the marriage or the, the, the holiness of the marriage or the peace of the marriage that's the key word is peace in order for there to be peace in the marriage sometimes uh the the wife has to submit to maintain that peace mm -hmm. instead of creating a war like the like that sermon that i did a long time about about the contentious woman <laughs> yeah. so so here's the thing do you want to be a contentious woman or contentious wife over one little matter that five years from now whatever that matter is probably is not going to mean anything it's it's going to probably have no never mind after maybe even a, uh, an hour from now and so the devil wants people to get caught up into a micro instance whereas then when you submit you're preserving a bigger picture which yeah. is the whole entire marriage not just one little um one little hiccup and god's looking at the overall perspective which is a spiritual perspective it's an eternal so submitting is actually a spiritual there's something in the spirit that takes place so even though in your flesh uh, your flesh is saying i don't want to submit i don't feel this i want to buck i want to voice my opinion and all these things matter but then in the spiritual you're saying oh the peace and the unity in christ is more important than my than even my thoughts or my flesh or my feelings so there's something to that um, I think 
also the world kind of contributes to making it harder for like a wife to submit to their husband because nowadays it's like especially in 2021 they're saying like you know women should do what they want to do they need their independence you know the whole woman's rights stuff that Feminist. you shouldn't have a man a man tell you what to do you're your own person you should do what you want and that kind of makes it harder because like everyone around you is saying like oh you you could do your own why are you listening to him if you want to go there then go but like you know in your spirit like like that's not what you're supposed to do if your husband doesn't want you doing that you shouldn't do it yeah you're right yeah the the culture plays a substantial role in um the way that mar marriage is supposed to go and the culture and the devil the devil's in the culture right now and he's trying to demonize uh, anything that has to do with the bible submitting everything just the gender roles the positions that the that the bible clearly gives for uh husband and wife the devil just wants to tear it up and so i think as a newlywed or even a um someone that's been married some time you have a choice are you going to go with the pressure of the culture or are you going to uh, go to the word of god right and i think also some people when when they are saying like when they just heard the word submit they already uh, also line it up with how about if it's like they will be my husband is hurting me or anything like that uh, which yeah. is that's a twisting that's, too yeah they're yeah. trying to twist it to which like i'll be, do I have to submit? It's like do I have to submit, or they twist so much that which is not the which not even in the Bible because when you say submission, I don't think that it's referring to like when you're shooting up heroin, uh, and yes, smoking crack, uh, and uh, robbing yeah, banks. Submit. Bank, the yeah. husband wants you yes. to go on a, a bank robbing Bonnie and Clyde yeah. tangent, start shooting up heroin, and tells you to uh, jack up your heroin dosage, and you got to submit to that. Yeah, that's uh, what that. they're saying. But yeah, that's anything right. that's, yes, there's anything that opposes God, anything that opposes God, of course you don't submit on those yeah, things. Yeah. yeah, that's just like they use Romans 13 that we submit to the yeah. government. Yeah. But if the government is out of the will of God, you don't submit, submit. to something outside of the will of God. That's that's right, because that Romans 13 was true when Hitler was uh, killing Jews. Exactly. So yeah. should we have jumped on board and submit to the, <laughs> yeah. start throwing people in the furnace? Yeah, do it with them. Yeah, quote Romans 13 while you're killing the Jews. Okay, so um, Sister Ron, did you want to share? You already shared one point. I, I did, so I have to share because I only, sh I think I mentioned about wives submitting to your own husband, but let's have to say too. It says here on the word of God, husband, love your wives as <laughs> just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word, and to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. So it's also given to the, uh, the role of a husband to love your wife so that you could present them. <laughs> you could present them as a blameless. So it's uh, given the authority. So I, I just love that one, that verse. <laughs> she loves the verse after the submitting. I'm sure. I'm sure okay. there's a bunch of listeners, and some women out there saying, "Preach, sister, preach, <laughs> you go, yeah, go ahead." They're shot. They're probably having a tambourine right now. Yeah, yeah. I got gotcha. you. Yeah. So then yeah, it's yeah. like to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle. So do mm -hmm. not. Uh, Make sure that you are also loving husband, you are loving your wife. There's a balance to God's word. Yeah. So, Sister Rhonda, my beloved wife, <laughs> let me ask you a question. Is there anything that caught you off guard 
or maybe you weren't expecting like did you have this idea of what marriage was supposed to be um so my wife for the <laughs> listeners by the way she's from the philippines um and that's a whole different thing you know my wife was in the philippines and she came to america and we got married over here so that's a whole challenge in itself but is there anything that um maybe was unexpected um, with your idea of what marriage was versus when you actually got married as a newly uh, married wife? Was there anything? Just thinking, because when I already ma married, I was, I was 35, so a little bit, not as young, not as young but far, far, um, I think it's on being 35, being married, so I don't really have a, I don't have any much like looking forward what marriage is. One thing that I make, I am trying to make sure of is like the husband that I will be marrying should have to be. This one thing that I've been asking is he has to be a Christian or he has to know the Lord. He's a godly man. So uh, I don't have any. Probably my expectation is like just coming over here and starting uh, like a the way we start our lives and everything but not with the marriage I, I can you explain that better no i mean no, me? that's fine okay yeah. so i'm gonna go yeah that's fine what you said all right i'm gonna go to my my next point here is um matthew 19 5 um the bible says in matthew 19 5 it says and and said for this cause shall a man leave father and mother and shall cleave to his wife and they sh the twain shall be one flesh all right and um that's king james i'll read another version uh matthew 19 5 it says and said for this reason a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife and the two will become one flesh i think sister reba was mentioning that mm -hmm. but so here's the thing and that scripture right there, it's saying a man will leave his father and mother. Now, do I believe that that scripture says, you know, you should just totally cut off your mother and father and, you know, uh, just pretend that they're dead and never see them again, never talk to them? I don't believe that's the point. I think the point is, is that when you enter into a new marriage and you're newly wed, I think that you absolutely need to establish boundaries with your family you need to establish boundaries with your friends. You need to establish boundaries uh, within the marriage so that the enemy doesn't come in and try to influence. Yes, yeah, so I think, I believe, like um, you were saying, the, oh, the husband or the, the husband should leave his mother and cleave to the wife. Um, the way I see it is... Um, you have to remember that is your marriage you know it's not your parents marriage because i think some some men can be labeled what they they call some men like mama's boys and stuff like that mm -hmm. but that could go both ways oh absolutely through a man or a woman absolutely and sometimes you can be so independent or so dependent on your parents advice that you can listen to them and then they end up causing division in your marriage so i i think it's important to remember 
in that scripture that it's, uh, it's your marriage and it, you know it's your marriage and it's God's sanctification is not the parents marriage so you you can't really allow them to guide your marriage you have to allow God to guide your marriage yeah and it's possible too that the parents can give some uh, advice with good intentions but mm -hmm. still mess up the marriage mm -hmm. you know because you're they're not inside of that marriage just like some people can only advise you so much because they're not in that marriage they're not living in the home with you they're not in your shoes so um, sometimes, uh, you know, uh, you guys know what's best for the marriage than someone, and then maybe what they're advising back then maybe might not be exactly applicable. But it's mm -hmm. not to say that we shouldn't listen to any advice from older right. yeah, uh, yeah. folks or from the family. But it, I, I think um, the main thing is you just have to have boundaries. Um, you have to have boundaries with uh, people in general but especially within the marriage so they don't uh and then on, as so on that note do you guys feel like when you first got married that there were people that tried to uh interject uh inappropriately on your marriage um that when you guys were cleaving together do you feel like there were people that tried to tear up your marriage or disrespect it in any way or oh, yeah. interfere Definitely. do you guys want to share anything well i know for me a lot of the a lot of the men in my family don't uh don't really value a lot of the men in my family didn't really value marriage and um so when i got married being that i'm so young most of the men in my family is older than me uh, and they already were grown when i was kids so it's like a lot of them aren't married and then they see me married it's kind of like like you know how did that happen i'm this old and you're that young how are you married before me and i feel like because of that there's been certain people that have tried to like intervene in my marriage but in a bad way because i've gotten bad advice from people i've gotten family members that'll try to show me like a uh, like a new picture of a woman or something and just randomly do it not like warn me or nothing just be like hey look at this and then you look at their phone and then you turn around and they're like oh come on and i feel like that that oh, they, it's, they're, they're bound to be used by the devil if they're not saved especially mm -hmm. So that definitely happened to me a lot, where people tried to intervene and, and kind of just interject in my marriage. Mm -hmm. um, my family was also, like, the biggest people that were trying to interfere the most. Um, since I was a Muslim before, they still kind of, like, they, they can't still wrap around their minds that I converted. So when we first got married, they were, like, trying real hard to, like, basically tell me, I was making a mistake, and, you know, I still have time to leave him if I want. Or they'll just be like, oh, we like him and stuff. He just has to convert. Or if he's a Muslim, he'd be so much better. And they'll just try to, like, force stuff upon us, try to give us the prayer rugs, and try to just tell us, oh, read this or read that. Until, like, like, I had to tell them, like, we, if that's what we want to believe, and that's what we believe, why are like, you so worried about what we're believing? And they still kind of, like, do it, but not as much now because they know, like, I don't really listen to them no more. But they definitely played a big part in that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Amen. So the other scripture that I had was in 1 Corinthians 13, and it was just verse 4, where it says, Charity suffereth long and is kind. Charity envieth not. Charity vaunteth not itself. It is not puffed up. 
but the main point I really wanted to harp on is charity suffereth long. And if you use like a different translation, it's, it's charity is love. You know that. And when it's saying that God is long suffering or saying anything suffereth long, it's talking about uh, having patience. And I think that's really, 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 that's like, I don't want to say the most important thing, but, but that's one of the most important things in a marriage, especially a new marriage, is you got to have patience. Because like you said, you can have expectations of what marriage is supposed to be like or what your wife is going to do, how she's going to behave, what she's going to say. And when those expectations aren't met, it's easy to get frustrated and angry and, and um, be caught up in your flesh. Uh, but when you have the Holy Spirit, you learn that, that patience is key, especially in a new marriage. you got to really be patient and let the Lord lead you. Amen. Sister Reba, did you have another point you wanted to share? Uh, and I think also it's like we you've been discussing earlier that there's really a benefit for for uh, for people to be married. It's not mm -hmm. just uh, it's not making it legally, but we it's also one way of uh, for all of us to be honoring God. And when you honor God through your marriage, God will bless it. And then you even shared that when two, which what verse was that? When two two are better than ones, so mm -hmm. they because they have a good reward for their labor. So we are just a when me, me and pastor started um, whatever. However, we started during that. There's always like just for for you, of course. There would always be like a starting point. I we started broke. We, <laughs> we were we were on food stamps. We were poor, poor, super poor. Uh, barely had enough money to turn the gas on. So that's how we started. Yeah. No. The, actually, we were living in the back of the church, uh, the, the storefront. That's yeah. We were but really we, uh, didn't have there, no window. There would no always stove. be yes, <laughs> which is uh, like I think uh, one way too is like even if we started broke, but we are not in debt. So which is also. <laughs> Which is also a good thing, so we don't really. So, I think uh, when we come together, whatever the labor, uh, it's like because you could complement each other, you could help each other. That's what we do. It's like, uh, what I, did I help you? Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I was, you know, like, me sure. and my wife, we didn't need to sign one of those uh, prenuptial agreements because. <laughs> There was half of nothing equals nothing. We were so broke and poor. Like, I'll share half my food stamps with you. You know, <laughs> you know it, yeah, all we could afford was those dollar cheeseburgers at rallies, you know. And so, yeah, Which God. Is really good. So, yeah, the Bible says a man that finds a good a wife obtains favor, finds a good thing and obtains favor from the Lord. So there really is a spiritual favor when you marry the person that God gives you. And um, so we, we experience that favor. And it's my desire that if there's people that are considering uh, getting married uh, and being a newlywed, and yeah, if you marry the right person that God says, I mean, you will get favor out your ears. Amen. Yes. I have a question for you guys. Um, so when you guys first got married, was there like ever a time you felt like maybe this is not going to work or like felt discouraged or anything? Yes and no. Say that question one more time. How did I say? <laughs> um, when you guys first got married, did you like ever get, ever feel like it wasn't gonna work out, or if like 
maybe that's not the person or something. So I'll answer that question. So, like, I think part of her question was, did you feel like maybe it wasn't going to work or it wasn't the right thing to do? So I never, I never thought that um, this wasn't God's will because really, um, God really, um, actually, he spoke to me in dreams uh, and visions and really told me that I was supposed to marry my wife. So it was like... Uh, be, I think maybe because of my background and my history and where God brought me from, he really needed to make it clear cut because I would have messed up my life so bad. So I really needed the Lord's help. So I never questioned any, whether it was God's will or anything like that, because I really knew. Um, but now the second question was like, do we, as far as getting discouraged or something? Yeah, um, I would say really the first year or two was probably really tough um just learning each other and um yeah there was definitely some times of being discouraged and some heated moments but again i fall back on to when we were going to church even aside from me being a pastor just being a christian um just going to church because always remember too i'm not preaching every time at our church either and so just being in church um that has uh taken a lot of that discouragement away so i thank god for that yeah, and also it's like what was Pastor was sharing. For me, uh, do I think that it is not God's will or something like that? It never really crossed my mind because I know how how much God goes so much land for us because we shouldn't be really together for me in another country. And yeah, it was a miracle for, it's how we just got a miracle. It's just a miracle for me to just be coming over here in America. So yeah, I didn't, with someone on food stamps? Yeah, so I didn't, <laughs> so I didn't really question question that part but then also it's like it's more on like i feel like if the lord put some if the lord put us together and it's like i'm displeasing him if i'm displeasing my husband or disrespecting my husband so i'm really disrespecting uh, some of our podcasts got cut off there I, we, I, we didn't even know that it wasn't recording we were getting so much into the conversation um, but one of the things i really wanted to add in there um is that when uh, me and my wife uh, were married, uh, some of the things that were the worst things that was happening in our life, um, things that I can't actually share the details about it, and it had nothing to do with um, me and my wife and our marriage per se. There were outside attacks, I believe from the devil, that were uh, fiery darts that were, we were facing total catastrophe. Um, there were some things that we went through in our marriage that was gonna totally wipe us out. We were gonna lose everything. And when we went through the hardest times in our marriage, um, those hard times actually brought us closer together. Um, so I think sometimes uh, when we're married, we have the tendency to take, we can take one another uh, for granted. We can take life for granted. Um, but when you go through the real intense hard times in life, uh, that has a way of bringing you closer together uh, and bringing you closer to God. And really, I think that was a factor too, because we were going through such hard times that it brought us closer to God and brought us closer to, to one another. Yeah, I didn't really truly um, know fully or even appreciate um, both how much I love my wife and how much she loved me until we faced some really tremendous obstacles um, because there were times where certain things happened to where it was like really scary and it, it, uh, it threatened our marriage or threatened the longevity of it per se. And I, I would think like, man, this, this is, you know, this is really bad. And those at those moments, when you think that it's really bad and that it might end, 
and then you see as time pass that you're still together after all of that it lets you know like wow like i really love this person more than i even thought i did and and vice versa like yeah she loves me more than i even imagined that she did because in marriage you got to forgive and, and you got to have patience with each other and when you can actually do that you know it's real love because that's how god is his his love is patient and he has so much mercy for us it says mercy endure through all generations and that's how we know the lord loves us because he brings us through so many different obstacles he blocks so many of the devil's attacks and then we look back over our life and like man the devil he really tried to kill me or he, he really tried to destroy me he really tried to do this to me or do this to my marriage and god actually just blocked every single attack and it, it just it just makes you say wow like god really has love for me that that I don't understand. Mm -hmm. And even our faith, you know, our faith got to be tested in the same way. We don't know how strong our faith is until we face things that really challenge it. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I think the more hardship you go through, um, yeah, it, it tests and proves your, uh, your, your faith. And uh, like the Bible says, the trying of your faith is more precious than gold. Mm -hmm. And sometimes the trying of your marriage is more precious yeah. than gold. And, <laughs> you know, and then I think when you're... Um, it builds up your confidence, your momentum as a married couple that when you, you already overcame things and you can always reflect back um, when you're facing a new adversity and a new hardship in your marriage, you can mm -hmm. say, well, look, look what God has already brought us through. Me and my wife already faced total annihilation mm -hmm. and God has brought us through that. So now the next little petty thing that the devil throws at us, we'll be laughing and we'll be like, right. oh, man, <laughs> we already faced total annihilation. What are you going to, you know what I mean? And right, God brought yeah. us through it. So... Yeah, that's really true. So, praise the Lord for this time. Amen. Uh, Sister Reba, any words of uh, wisdom for the potential newlyweds out there? Um, I need a moment. Deacon Frederick. <laughs> <laughs> wow. She said, I need a moment. <laughs> Amen. Well, praise the praise the Lord. We appreciate everyone coming out. We we kind of got through off for a loop because uh, I think we we were so caught up in the conversation that we didn't realize the podcast uh, shut off, and I think we lost about a half an hour of the podcast. So, um, but I think the Lord will let be recorded what needs to be recorded. Um, does anyone else have anything they'd like to share before we uh, close? Those who are planning or wanted to be married, make sure, just make sure that uh, you find, uh, you pray for it, just for pray for it and then uh, go for it. <laughs> yeah, pray for it, go for it, but also too, sometimes you have to be patient. Me and my wife had to wait seven years uh, before we could get married, you know, even her coming from another country. And um, if you, you lose that patience and you lose that faith, you can get stuck with the uh, the bride of uh, the devil, the bride of Satan, <laughs> yeah. and, uh, Bridezilla. yeah, Bridezilla, and you don't you don't want that. So sometimes it's better yeah to be patient, like Deacon Frederick was sharing about patience and uh, humility is the key in marriage. As a newly wedded wedded couple, you you got to be humble, and um, humility is the key to success. And also, it's like sometimes you think uh, probably you might be thinking. Uh, for me, it's like I was thinking, oh, maybe I'm so late now to be married. Uh, being married at 34 but really god could do great things he could speed he could speed the everything up for you too as well mm -hmm. so even like when you think that you lost something or maybe you are not 
also same thing too when you are you, when you are married young uh, it doesn't mean that you you also lost your your how the your youthfulness or whatsoever because oh, you yeah, yeah. and sometimes people think that way but <laughs> I believe too this like when you are in the in the will of God you marry young is better anyway sometimes it's like I don't know sometimes it feels because when you have children it could be you're like you're not that oh you could run run yeah, run yeah. out <laughs> yeah you could change the kids around yeah th I think people that's should also be encouraging a blessing. Yeah, that's also a blessing because you, when your children are so active you could run out them because you're also young yeah. couple too <laughs> yeah and you know from a pastor's perspective um, one of the, the things that I shared with Deacon Frederick and Sister Reba um, before they were married um, when I was doing the marriage counseling with them which I think is key before you get married you really need to do some marriage counseling and you should have a pastor in a church to kind of fall on um, but one of the things that I told them to encourage them is I know that I, I said I know that there's probably going to be a lot of people telling you not to get married because you're young and and uh, you're not experienced and you're new in life and everything but here's the thing because that they were so young and new um, they didn't have all the baggage that a lot of older people had they didn't they're not bringing in all the uh, baggage to the marriage because they were so young and I think sometimes um, that could be something that is overlooked or undervaluated, the fact that you're young and you're not bringing in all the baggage so you have a fresh start together, which is a, a benefit of being a, you know, being a newlywed. Yeah, plus you know too that, that your significant other is not with you because of what you have or you know, with you for the wrong reason. You know that they're actually with you because they want to be with you and yeah. they love you. My wife didn't marry me for the food stamps that I yeah. had. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't oh. even know what's food stamp. <laughs> I always reflect, uh, one of the things that really touched me about my wife is I always reflect when she was first um, coming to, to be with me and we were going to be married and live together. I didn't have, um, oh, I didn't have heat in my house and I didn't have much food there at the time. And, but but the main thing is I didn't have any heat and it was winter time. It was, it was cold. It's really cold. Like it was freezing cold in my house and uh, or in my apartment rather. And I told her like maybe because we, we had waited a long time. We were like dating a long distance for a long time. And then we just came together, saw each other and separated and then we were getting ready to uh, see each other again and actually be married. And I told her, maybe you should wait, you know, because I'm trying to get this situated. I had needed a whole new furnace in my apartment, so, and my landlord was acting kind of shady. So I'm like, you know, maybe you should wait um, until I get better situated here because I'm really struggling right now, and I don't want you to have to go through that. You know, you're leaving your family, and they have, you know, you're comfortable there, so why don't you, you know, just wait. And I remember the most, the thing that touched me the most is she, she was like, that's okay. We can struggle together and be cold together. So, yeah. she, Amen. That's how you know yeah. you got a good wife. Amen. Yeah. She, she wasn't a gold digger. Right? <laughs> right. That's good. Amen. Thank God for women who aren't the gold diggers. Otherwise, Amen. we'd all be single. Yeah. <laughs> also, don't forget to love the Lord more than you love your significant other because some people tend to put their spouse over the Lord, but you should never do that. You should always put Him first. 
Amen. 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 Yeah, true. that's a good it's point. Too. I was I was even going to share that. So yeah. I think the Lord lets things get interjected as they needed. Okay, we're going to close this cod pod. Pod, I can't talk. We're going to close this podcast with a prayer. Um, but before we do that, um, we'd just like to welcome you out to our church at uh, Strongsville Christian Church, 19132 Temple Drive, Strongsville, Ohio, 44109. We're right off of Pearl Road in Strongsville, Ohio. We have services at 11 a.m. on Sunday, and we have Wednesday night services with Deacon Frederick at 7 p.m. Uh, we'd love to see you here. Um, we also have, if you pretty much Google Strongsville, you'll see us. We're on uh, Instagram, uh, the Anchor Podcast, um, the uh, YouTube, Inst- I don't even know all the ones, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook. Uh, we're, our, we have all these different platforms for you to uh, stick with us. And uh, I just got phone call from a gentleman in uh, Canada that said he's been listening to us for uh, some years, his whole family, and they're in a remote area where they don't have uh, some churches over there, and so they've been with us. So we do appreciate you guys listening and your support, um, and we're going to close in prayer. Father God, we just thank you for um, this uh, opportunity to share about newlyweds, and we thank you for our church. We thank you for our listeners. Lord, we just pray that you bless everyone that's here today. Bless uh, my marriage. Bless Deacon Frederick, Sister Reba's marriage, and uh, anyone who's considering getting married. And um, uh, we just pray that they'll listen to the Holy Spirit and not culture. Listen to the Holy Spirit and not necessarily the influences of uh, the world, but really be led uh, from biblical perspective. Um, and we just pray a blessing upon all the listeners. We pray that you fill them with your love, your peace. And if they don't know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, we pray that they repent of their sins. And they uh, forgive one another as Christ forgives them. And they believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross for their sins uh, so that they could be saved. Uh, God bless them. And we thank you for them in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Strongsville Christian Church, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me to preach good news to the poor. Um, he has sent me to heal the brokenhearted and to preach deliverance. To the Let no man deceive you of sight to by any means, for the day shall not come, except there come a falling away first. Strong's Christian Church.